Luke chapter 6, and thank you for coming today. You could have been anywhere you wanted to be. I said you could have been anywhere else you wanted to be. You did not have to come to this church today. You did not have to listen to Brother Ariel teach a lesson and me preach today. You didn't have to. You didn't have to come here and sit in this service. You could have been anywhere you wanted to be. But thank God you made a wise choice. I kind of feel like David. He said, I was sad when they said unto me, let us go. To... What did he say? I was glad. <clears throat> Turn to somebody and say, are you really glad this morning? Are you glad to be here? I'm glad to be here. Glad to be in God's house. I can't think of any place I'd rather be, and I truly mean that. I get excited about going to church. I got excited about church even when I wasn't getting paid to be there. Now, I know it's different for a preacher. I'm getting paid here today. But I'm going to tell you, I come a lot of times when I wasn't getting paid. There's a lot of times in my life that I was wondering where the pay was going to come from. But I still went to church and still rejoiced and still believed God. And He always came through. If you want to be blessed, be a blessing. I said, if you want to be blessed, be a blessing. How do I be a blessing? Well, love God, love people. Love God, love people. If you want somebody to give unto you, give unto them. The Bible said it's more blessed to give than to receive. It would just um, uh, astound you sometime if you just take a $20 bill and go to one of our widows when she's not looking or a widower and drop a $10 bill in their purse or $20 bill. Don't say a word. Don't, don't do one thing. You say, well, I ain't never had nobody God do that for me. Well, start doing it for somebody else and you might be surprised at what will become the outcome of that. Now, if you're doing it just to get somebody to do it unto you, you've just missed the whole point. You say, why are you saying that, Brother Because it works. I've had it work many, 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 many times. I had men, when I was desperately needing money to pay my bills, walk up to me. I'd go to a conference. Somebody would shake my hand. I'd, I was thinking they either had very calloused hands or there's something in their hand and I was so delighted after they removed their hand and that something was in my hand I can't tell you how many times a hundred dollar bill would be in my hand and you know what I wasn't able to do that then I did what I could but you know I do that now I go to conference I go to camp meeting I find me an evangelist, find me somebody that I know is having a hard time, and I shake their hand, and I leave a deposit in their hand. And that's why God has always done it for me, and he'll do it for you. I'm telling you, I just felt impressed. Tell somebody that. You want to be blessed? Be a blessing. You want to receive? Give. Ooh, that's a good lesson. That's a good lesson. I didn't get to teach this morning, so I just taught my Bible lesson. Now I'm going to preach. Brother Earl, thank you. You did a great job today. 
Luke chapter 6 and verse number 43. I'm reading from the NIV version. I read both versions and I like what this one said. I like the way it said it for my uh, topic today. I am preaching today recognized by your own fruit. Recognized by your own fruit. No good tree bears bad fruit. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? No good tree bears bad fruit. Now, I could stop right there and preach a message on that. What kind of tree are you, a good tree or a bad tree? <laughs> you know, most of the time when fruit gets, gets a rotten, it's not on the tree most of the time. It's already fallen off. It's already been on our shelves, you know. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the Good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. He's saying whatever's in your heart is going to come out through the mouth. Whatever we are is what we're going to show. It's kind of hard to fake Christianity. It really is. We can get by with it a while. You can be a hypocrite and get by with it a while. You can fool most people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And you can't feel, fool God any of the time. <clears throat> so the moral of that story I just talked, is why try to fool anybody? Why not just be the real deal? Why not just be good fruit? Why not just be real? Why not just be what God wants us to be? And then we don't have to worry about it. Everybody say, I want to be good fruit. Because we are recognized by our own fruit. What we are shows. What we are people can recognize by the way that we live our lives. Could we lift our hands and ask God to bless the word of God today? Lord, in your name, bless the word. <clears throat> Let your power move. Let the Holy Ghost speak to us through the word today. I'm asking God that somebody would get a touch of God on their life because of the word of God. Your word is powerful and mighty, God. It can change lives. It can put a seed in our heart that could grow and make us change. I'm asking in Jesus' name that you would do this today. And everybody said, Amen. <clears throat> God bless you. You can be seated. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus made it clear to us that a tree is what it is. You do not expect to harvest apples from a peach tree are oranges from a pecan tree. A tree is exactly what it is 
and it is known by its fruit. There's not much a tree can do to change its appearance. It's, there's not much that a tree can really do uh, to change its fruit. A tree can produce good fruit, or a tree can produce bad fruit, but it cannot change the kind of fruit that it produces. Now, I know that man has grafted uh, limbs of different fruits, and they've experimented with the trees, but that's because man was involved. Trees don't naturally change its fruit by grafting another tree into the fruit. I never heard of that happening before. I guess if God wanted to happen, that is possible, but it's not the norm for a tree to change its fruit. Jesus also made it clear that an evil man will produce evil, and a good man will produce good out of his heart. However, unlike the tree, the man has the ability to change the fruit that he produces by changing the heart. By changing the way that you and I think, we can change the kind of fruit that we will produce in our lives. Somebody say, I want to be different. I want to change. That wasn't many people saying that. Come on, say it. I want to change. I want to be different. And so we're not like a tree. We have the ability. Jesus made it clear in John chapter 3 that a man can and should be born again if he wants to enter into the kingdom of God. And that being born again would be compared to a tree would literally mean it would become a new tree and a new fruit. A man can have a new life, a new start, a new root system, and a new fruit, and a new future when he's born again. Some of you were born again in the worst time of your life. You were miserable and wretched your life was in a mess and the Lord came along and began to deal with your heart and you got convicted and repented of your sins, was baptized in Jesus' name and was filled with the Holy Ghost, which is that born-again experience. And I personally have what some of you change astronomically. I've watched your life become a new life. You actually fulfilled scripture and you became a new creature in Christ. The old fruit that you were producing in your life became new fruit. Amen. That bitterness and that anger was taken out and something replaced it called love and joy. The fruit of the Spirit became active in your life when you became a new creature. I want to thank God for that born again experience because it changed my life and it changed your life and I needed a change and some of you you needed a change. Thank God for that wonderful change that God gave us. 
If you have not experienced that yet, you need to get a hold of it. You need to research it. You need to study your Bible until you find out the need of it and the necessity and what it can do for you when God gets a hold of you. I'm telling you, God wants you to be born again. He wants you to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not for him that he wants it. It's for you that he wants it. He wants you to be a new creature, a different person, and begin to worship him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's God's goal for you. We are just a few days away from the new year. 2020 is about to arrive. It's going to come quickly. I'm telling you, 2020 is going to pass quickly. 2019 passed swiftly. Where did it go? Yesterday we celebrated the 1st of January, 2019. It seemed like yesterday. And now 2020 is knocking on our door. And some of you have that great, wonderful, beautiful thought that you're going to be different this year. You're going to eat less this year. Some of you are going to lose weight this year. Some of you made up your mind you're going to be a better person this year just like every other year in the past. Some of you don't look any different than you did 20 years ago. You're still overweight. You're not any more beautiful than you were. In fact, you might even be a little of the opposite of that because you're getting older. And we all make these promises to God that I'm going to do better. We all make these promises to ourselves. I'm going to exercise and I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to firm up and I'm going to build my muscles. I'm going to tighten up and, and I'm going to straighten up and I'm going to go up and then we find ourselves going down and our... Everything starts the downward process. The muscles are hanging. The stomach is dragging the floor. And we have wrinkles that are sagging. And, and we get discouraged about the second month after we make up our mind it's going to be different this year. Because we don't know how to really make up our mind and change our thinking. Everybody see, I need to change my thinking. So how can I get a better year this year than I've had in the last 20? Your ability to think is one of the most precious God, gifts that God has given you. It is part of the free will God has granted us. God gave us a mind and a brain to think for ourselves. Now, if you're still home, your mom and dad help you with your thinking. But don't rush that. A lot of kids want to rush that and get out from under mom and dad. And then they realize there's a real world of paying bills out there. And they realize it's not as easy as they thought it was going to be. And they wish they could go back to mom and daddy's house. I had that happen to me. And many of you sitting here have had that to happen to you. It would be easy just to go back and let daddy pay the bills. And let mama cook the meals. 
Instead of me having to get my wife to try to cook on the meager, meager salary I had and, and, and the, the pressure that I was under in times of my life, I would have just liked to enjoy going back to mom and daddy's home. So you kids don't rush it. Enjoy your mama's cooking while you can. Enjoy your daddy's paying the bills while you can. But I'm going to tell you this too. Don't stay too long. Don't stay there if you're 40 years old and keep living off of mom and dad. You need to grow up and change after a while. All mom and dad said amen. God gave us a mind to think with. God has given us the gift of thinking. God did not create the cars and the airplanes and the ships and the guns and the computers and the interstates and the buildings. We created those. God gave us the materials and the knowledge, but God didn't physically build all of these things. We did that with our thinking power and ability. God created the heaven and the earth and man took it from there by using the mind and the physical attributes to invent and to build. You have an amazing machine inside your head. It's called a brain. You may not have a very high IQ. Maybe it's only average or below average. But your brain is still very powerful and amazing. Dr. Gerhard Dirks, holder of some 15 patents on the IBM computer, once said that he got most of his inventive ideas from studying the human brain. Psychologists tell us that each person has 10,000 thoughts per day. Wow, that's a lot of thinking. Now, I know there's some people that don't think that much. I do know that. I run across those all the time. There are some dingbats in our world. There are some dingbats that don't know how to pull out on the road, and they don't know that if you're on the interstate, don't get in the left-hand lane and drive 50 miles an hour. Move over. Get out of our way. We want to drive the speed limit. There are some dingbats out there, and they cannot be having 10,000 thoughts a day. <laughs> but the average person has about 10,000 thoughts a day. How many of those thoughts are positive or negative, good or bad, right or wrong, clean or dirty, pure or sinful, depends on your personal control over your mind. You want to be different this year? I'm telling you, it starts with taking authority and control over your mind. You've got to control your mind. The devil would love for you to just turn it over to him and just don't worry about anything. Just let him have control of your mind. But I'm telling you, it leads only down a path of destruction. 
But if you will allow God to overcome and direct your mind, if you will allow God to take control, I'm telling you, he'll lead you down the path of righteousness. He will lead you into eternity. He will lead you down a path that will always be good for you. He'll never do you wrong. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you stranded on the side of the road. God loves you enough that he will take care of you. That does not mean that everything's going to be perfect and everything's going to be right, but all things work together for the good of them that love God and the called according to his purpose. How you think is going to affect your life. How you think will make a profound difference in how you act how you love, how you forgive and perform, how you influence other people, it will determine if you're going in the rapture of the church or not. How you think will change and make a difference in your life, whether good or bad. Jesus makes it clear in Matthew 5, 28, that we can sin against God and not only by our actions, by also allowing our minds to think on. The things that you and I think on can actually become sin if we allow our thoughts to get out of control. On the other hand, there are some Christians who beat themselves up because they're tempted. Can I tell you, temptation is not a sin. I want to say that again. I want you to hear me. Temptation is not a sin. You still didn't get that. Some of you are not hearing me today. I said temptation is not a sin. It's yielding to temptation that's a sin. All right, let me give you a good illustration. Brother Harvey, he's going to quit setting up here. I use him so much. All right, Brother Harvey, you got a problem. Let's just pick, uh, let's, let's, pick, let's pick Bud Light, all right? Brother Harvey's got a problem with Bud Light. Now, for those of you that grew up in the church, that's beer. You, I know you probably don't know what that is, but Harvey's got a problem with beer. Bud Harvey came to church. He got convicted. He repented of his sins. He said, I got to get baptized. And we baptized him. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And he's doing good. God even called him to preach. And that's why I'm, what I'm telling you is shocking you because he's got a problem with Bud Light. And he's called to preach going to Bible college. But Javi also is praying. And he's also fasting. And he's also reading his Bible. And so Javi was driving down the road. Come in, drive. He's driving down the road. Come on, get in gear. Let's go. He's driving down the road. And he's doing good. But he, he's been on vacation. You know? He hadn't been praying like he normally does. 
turn around, go back the other way. And so he just drive along. He's a good man. He's enjoying. He's even got Christian music on. But he's getting thirsty. And so the devil comes along and says, Harvey, wouldn't you like to have a Bud Light? And Harvey said, no, I rebuke you, devil. And then he goes on a little bit, turn that curve. He comes back around, and the devil says, come on, Harvey, you know you'd like a good old Bud Light. You used to drink it all the time. What's the difference now and then? Harvey said, God, just can leave me alone, devil. And he just keeps on driving, and that temptation is there. And he sees a billboard, yeah. He looks up there. And how in the world could you live without Bud in your life, you know? I mean, he's driving along, he's doing good. And about that time, he looks up and he sees a gas station. And they got a big sign that says, we sell Bud Light. And old Harvey goes, he pulls up at that station. He stops. And he gets out of his car. And he walks in the door up here. I want you to get up there where everybody see you. I want to expose you what you're doing. And so he walks in there, and uh, he just kind of, you know, he looks around. Here's candy over here and chips. And, and, and the devil's saying, you know, Javi, you might ought to come over here. This is where the beer's at, right over here. And Javi goes over there, and he's thinking, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not. And the devil said, yeah, you are. You're going to do it. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do it. Come on, Javi. It's going to taste good. You're going to enjoy it. And Javi reaches over there, undoes that door, and reaches in. Come on, reach in there. And he grabs a good old cold water. <laughs> and he turns around, and he goes over there, and he pays the cashier. And he goes out there and gets in his car. And drives off. Now some people say, well, I'm not, I'm, I don't even deserve to be here. I was tempted. I don't deserve to come to church. And you back in your car. He's driving off, you know. And, and the devil starts beating him up. So you almost, the same one, the same one that tried to talk him into doing it is the same devil that's going to say, I can't believe you. You went in that station. You had thoughts of getting that beer. You almost did it. You, you, you looked at that sign and you was lusting after it. You wanted it. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought, I don't, if I was you, I wouldn't even go to church Sunday. That's what the devil do tell you. And see, a lot of people think, oh, Javi messed up. He don't deserve to preach anymore. He don't deserve to be up front in our church anymore because he had a thought. That was a temptation. But I don't know if you saw it or not, he resisted that temptation. He overcame that temptation. He won over that temptation. He had victory over that temptation. He did not get a beer. He got a water. Harvey, congratulations, buddy. You did good. And some of you get beat up and feeling guilty because you had a thought go through your mind. Jesus makes it clear in Matthew 5.28 that we can sin against God not only by our actions but by allowing ourselves to think about things. But you'll never be able to control the attack of Satan and your 
flesh tempting you by carnal and evil thoughts that linger in your mind. You can control how long a thought dwells in your mind. You may be tempted and there's nothing you can do about it. The devil will always tempt you. He'll always be trying to get you to give in and quit and do this and that. And you have no control over his temptations. But you do have control on how long you dwell on the temptation. How long you consider it or think about it. Some of you need to learn a good word. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a two-letter word. Well, I guess it could be more than that because y'all would have to say, no way, Jose. And there'd be more than that. Said, no way, Jose. No! No, devil. I'm not going to yield to your temptation. I'm not going to allow my mind to think on that any longer. And I'm going to tell you, if you're having problems with the devil putting thoughts in your mind, you don't need to start filling with, with things like, ain't nobody do me like Jesus. I said there ain't nobody can do me like the Lord. You start putting some Jesus in your songs. You start singing a song about the Lord and worshiping him. I promise you the temptation thoughts are going to flee. They cannot stay in the mention of that name. When you start worshiping that name, when you start glorifying that name, I'm telling you, the devil is going to flee from you. He cannot stand that name. I guess I'm going to have to get everybody to stand up again where some of you will just get excited enough to stand up and say, good preaching, preacher. It won't break your back to stand up and say that every once in a while. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Knowing about Christ and salvation will not save you. You can't get saved by just knowing about Christ. But you can't be saved without knowing about him. You've got to know him and know what his kingdom is all about. But you also have to respond to the message. The natural mind does not seek God. The carnal mind is enmity with God. But I'm going to tell you, when you make up your mind, it's time for a change. When you make up your mind, I'm tired of living like I'm living. When you make up your mind, I'm not happy. I'm not content. I feel no joy. I feel unhappiness. I, I feel miserable. And make up your mind, I'm ready for a change. You better look out because God is going to lift you up out of that gloom and despair. And he's going to give you something better than you've ever had anywhere with anything he's going to give you some joy and peace and happiness that can only come from the Lord thank you back there he don't even have the Holy Ghost yet but he stood up and clapped and worshiped while I was preaching I like that 
You can't get saved by just knowing. You got to act upon it. So what are the various powers of the mind? The mind is awareness. The mind records signals from outside uh, world and communicates them to us. The mind has per perception. That means the mind can interpret stimuli from without. Stimuli is something that incites to action or exert exertion or quick quickens actions and feelings and thoughts. The mind also will evaluate. The mind can treasure and classify stimuli. The mind has reasoning. The mind compares facts and draws conclusions. The mind has reflection. That means the mind can mediate on what it receives. The mind has thinking. The mind can contemplate. Uh, contemplate things the mind can memorize the mind can retain facts for future use and then the mind can also recall that means the mind can bring past facts into awareness that can be negative or positive I'll not knock my memory of past things because it's those past things that I can also bring up about the goodness of God and how He set me free. It just depends on what you want to bring up from the past. It's what you want to recall. It does seem that some days we don't think too well. Anybody feel like you can relate to that? Ever have one of those days when things are just not going well? When your thinking is not just right? Someone said 5% of the people think, 10% think they think, and the rest would rather die than think. Some people just don't use what God has given them. You got a brain to use. You, you were given a brain to think. God gave you a brain so that you could think on this world and you could exist but one of the reasons God gave you a brain, a brain is so that you could search and research and find a relationship with God he wanted you to reach into the word of God to seek nature and find the creative acts that God performed and say, oh, I'll never believe that there is no God. I will always believe in God because I have seen his handiwork. The human brain or the mind of man is utterly amazing. But what is even more amazing is how the mind controls one's life. Proverbs 23 and 7, for as he thinketh in his heart or his mind, so is he. What we think is what we literally are. Matthew 15, 19 says, for out of the heart, out of the mind, come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. So our thinking 
does matter. It matters big time in life. It matters in the way we live, good or bad. And it matters in our relationship with God and other people. Clifford Williams, author of the book, The Mind or the Life of the Mind, wrote this, To love God with our minds does not mean that it is our minds that actually do the, lo the loving. Rather, we love God by using our minds. Philippians 4 and 8 makes it very clear what we ought to be thinking on. You've heard it many, many times. But I think we forget this passage of Scripture and we let the devil beat us up because we don't go to it enough. Paul said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Paul gives us all the characteristics to put our mind on. The human mind is going to set itself on something. But the question is, what will that be? Paul says that he wants our mind to be on the things that are honoring and pleasing God. The Christian mind does not belong in the gutter. Paul says the Christian mind should be on thoughts that are worthy to be taken before the Lord God Almighty. Our thoughts that are praiseworthy and excellent. Paul calls the Christian to have thoughts that are high and lofty and lifted up. How you think is so important. It is important because how you think forms your character. A schoolboy brought home his report card and it was loaded with bad grades. His father looked at him and he said, Son, what do you have to say about this bad report card? The boy looked at his dad and he said, Well, Dad, one thing for sure. You ought to be proud of me because you can tell by my grades that I have not been cheating. <laughs> you can find something good out of anything. Even the bad grades, you can tell your daddy and your mama, at least you know I hadn't been cheating. Listen to what Romans 12 and 2 says. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you transformed? By renewing your mind, the cleansing of your mind. I have an iPhone and iPad. I'm preaching from the iPad and my iPhone is holding it up where the light don't hit it. So I'm using both of them today. And, and, and sometimes I open up so many programs that my iPad starts running slowly. And I've actually had it to lock up before because I had too many open windows. 
I have to start closing out those programs. And I allow them to start operating normal again when I start getting rid of things. I start closing out some stuff. I start getting rid of some programs on my iPad. It's the same way in your life, folks. We can get so many open doors and so many avenues. We can be listening to so many voices. We can open ourselves up to too many things. We need to back away sometime and close out some things and say, oh no, I'm going to start thinking on the right thing. I'm going to start opening up my avenue to God. Another thing I noticed about my iPhone, iPad, when I'm traveling, I pick up many signals from the towers, and after a while, these devices get confused. And I have to do a hard start to get them back on the right signal. As you travel through this life, there are many signals that are going to be coming from the world that will confuse you. And at times, you need to get a hard start. You need to turn it off and turn it back on to the right things. You need to close out some things and get the right signal. And that way, you can be what God wants you to be. The best way to keep the bad thoughts out of your mind is concentrate on the good thoughts. Paul does not simply say, from now on, all I want you to do is think of good stuff. I don't want you to think of any bad th Instead, he says, think on good thoughts, not just bad. Don't just think thoughts. If you're going to think, you're going to burn up the energy and use your brain. Use it for something good. Think on things that are good and honorable. That is the positive way Paul gives us to keep our minds right before God. Paul gives us eight virtues to keep our mind on. And the New English version says, Fill your thoughts with these things. These kind of thoughts are where we must direct the 10,000 thoughts that we have every day. Psalms 119.11 states the word, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Plant God's word deep in your heart in order to think the right thoughts. Someone rightly said, Plant a thought and reap a word. Plant a word and reap an action. Plant an action and reap a habit. Plant a habit and reap a character. And plant a character and reap a destiny. These words are profound. They describe in detail our life journey and the significance our thoughts has on our future. 2020 will be no different than any other year if we don't change our thinking. If you're not willing to change those thoughts, I promise you, you'll start a diet and it won't stay. You'll change a characteristic and it will not last. You'll change your schedule. You'll change some things about your life that you want to be better. But if you don't change your thinking, 
It will not last. And you'll find yourself at the end of 2020 looking back and realizing that it's no different than any other year of the past because you didn't change your mind. You didn't change your thinking. And if I can give you any advice for 2020, it is this. Change your thinking. Get your mind set on eternal things that will make a difference. And don't let the devil distract you. Don't let him get you off course. Don't let him make things seem more important than they are. The things that really matter when this is all said and done will be that I was ready to meet God in eternity. Would you stand?